Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel Lindsay! <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's going on? It's time yes, to do the you podcast. Good? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Good. It's raining a lot, you know? I, I mean, we, we were off on Monday, you know? Did you have a happy holiday? Yeah, it was happy. Happy, happy, happy times. We, we did we did nothing. We watched Snowfall, and I cooked, and that's it. Let's talk about Snowfall. How you feel? And I'm happy to say we are done. We finished mm-hmm. it quick. We went yeah. through all four seasons mm-hmm. within this month. Right. I got to tell you. What? I had one final thought, and I sent it to you when I was done. I hate, hate Franklin. I hate, hate Franklin, Franklin Saint. Saint. I hate Franklin Saint. I'm conflicted. I understood. It's very Walter White. You know, you see the you see them change. The game changes you. You almost have to as a as a um, a way of survival. Mm-hmm. But what I loved so much about him, I can't stand. I what? can't stand. I just I there's nothing is off limits, you know. And 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 then when he is like for a second, Lee, spoiler alert. Leon had to go. If you were gonna let go of anybody, Leon had to go. Not right. Yep. Leon, <laughs> Leon had you just to go. Get rid of, you just he do lost, your people like that? He lost way too much. You just do your people like that? But think about what Leon did to him. No, 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 no. See, nobody's talking about what Leon did. Mm. Leon fucked up. And because <laughs> Leon did, Leon was disrespectful to the rules, to the game, to, to everything that had been set in place. Leon took matters into his own hands. This is a consequence of Leon's actions. Le- Leon had to go. I want to let them old school dudes handle up on him or let uh, Diamond and Dallas, whatever their names were. <laughs> oh, my him. God. Leon oh, go. my God. It's not Lord. like he was just doing nothing. And look at all that happened. It right. was like a trickle down effect. Right. For, uh, from Leon's actions, Leon's selfishness. Remember, Leon left Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> this is fresh on my mind. I got to talk to somebody about it. That's that's funny. Leon fucked up. That's funny. That's funny. I'm glad you're into it. It's a good show, right? I love it. What do you think about uh, Wanda? I love Wanda. What do you think about <laughs> Melody? What do you think about Melody? I'm mad Melanie's still with us. So don't see what I'm saying? The wrong people are being punished. Melody had to go. It was so Melody it had was to go. So heartbreaking when Melody started smoking rock. I was so mad about it. But you know what yeah. frustrated me? The guy who was like, let's do it. Apparently mm-hmm. he he was fine. Yeah. He hit it once and, and left. But she mm-hmm. she got hooked. Well, we don't know what happened to him, you know. That happens sometimes in movies though, because like remember traffic where yeah. you ever see traffic. So yeah. Topher Grace was introducing Amanda Seyfried. It wasn't Amanda Seyfried. He was introducing. No, I don't think it was Amanda Seyfried. She wasn't in traffic. Who was that? Who was the the? She was. She played an amazing drug addict. Um, it was uh. What's is traffic face? with Tandy Newton? That is no. Crash. That's Crash. That's yeah. Crash. Okay. So uh, that Crash traffic is with uh a, a similar movie in terms of the ensemble cast. Traffic has. Don Cheadle is in both movies. Uh, traffic is traffic has Don Cheadle. It has um, Michael Douglas. It has Catherine Zeta Jones. It has uh, um, 
uh, fucking what's this guy's what's the guy's name? See, from... I'm mixing the two movies together. No, I traffic. Can't separate what's them. my man's name? He's oh my god, I can't believe this. My guy from Usual Suspects, and he oh, plays the collector. Edward in... Ed Norton. No, wrong. Oh. He's not in Usual Suspects. How is this happening to me? Traffic has everybody's in traffic. Topher Grace is in traffic, but I don't think it's Amanda Seyfried though. Maybe like, they need to put me on the rewatchables. Oh, Benicio that, del Toro is who I'm thinking about. Oh, God damn it! That's on my off. New Year's resolution to be able to 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 record on the rewatchables. Never happened. <laughs> Bill, if you're listening, put yeah. me on. Put me on. It's it, it's it's you, you got a long way to go. You're like, like, you're, like, you're you're at this, you're, at this you're retreat still, that I'm at. There's a, a a girl who's a big fan of fan of um the rewatchables because she saw my ringer hat, and sorry. I was like, they won't let me on the show. I've asked. Well, I there's got to be some movie you could do. I petition. Think about it. There's got to be do some. Do they movie. do? Do they do Disney movies? Uh, depends on the kind of Disney movie. I mean, they, they might do what if you talk about like re, like remember the Titans as a Disney movie. They might be do, they might do that, you know. But they that's got to be some movie you could be on the rewatchables for. That's what we should do. It's not it's not about it's not about you getting your film knowledge up to the point to where you can be on the rewatchables. It's about that's finding the, the movie that like you could do rewatchables on. I'm trying to think what it is. Is there should any we, movie? Should we podcast on season five of Snowfall? Yes. Because it, it's so fresh, it's so fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. I have to talk to I have to talk to somebody about it. We have to, and We're it's coming it. pretty soon. We're doing it. So, Thought Warriors, catch up. If you haven't already, you can do it on Hulu. Catch up. It's so Erica it's a- Christensen, not Amanda Seyfried. What am I thinking? <gasps> you just mixed up your your blonde white women. Mixed up my blondes. <laughs> mixed up my blondes. You know. Um. Uh, yeah. So, Snowfall. You've never seen Traffic. I'm, uh, I'm traffic. looking at the I'm looking at the cast. I've never seen it. I'm only thinking of Crash. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. It like Traffic is a good movie. It's very. It's a lot about. It has a lot to do with drugs, though. It's all centered around drugs. 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 Drugs from the standpoint of the Mexican cartel. Michael Douglas becomes the new drug czar. Then, um, oh. then Luis Guzman and Don Cheadle all play. I think they're DEA agents or. Hmm. And they're and they're looking for uh they're trying to bring down this drug, but all the stories intertwine. And then Topher Grace is in it. This is what I was getting to as Erica Christensen's boyfriend, who introduces her to crack. She then, oh. yes, Topher Grace. She then gets hooked on crack. But Topher Grace is perfectly fine. That's to connect it back to what you were saying. She gets hooked on crack. Topher Grace, he's cool. He's he's going to boarding school. He's cracked. He's doing crack. He's it's a tough drug to do recreationally let's just say that i'm sure some people do but it's a tough drug to do recreationally interesting um, i'm gonna watch this now yo so i gotta take a moment here and oh you know what before we do this i want to talk to trudy real quick trudy jump in hey y'all um <laughs> so trudy you're hot in these streets right now you know it's like it's not a monday so it's not time for trudy's corner we'll do that next monday where we bring you in and kind of get your opinion, you know, you bash black men for five minutes or whatever it is you do. Not even. I'm um, free game. So how are you dealing with the attention that being toxic <laughs> is like like throwing onto your life? I mean, toxic are telling the truth. I mean, 
really, which one is it? But I will say I was minding my business last night. Okay. Like, I mean, really minding my business and watching don't look up on Netflix. And it was a part of the movie when they were saying, don't look up chanting. And I was like, let me look down at my phone and all hell broke loose. Cause you posted that, which y'all need to know <laughs> recorded that like three, four weeks ago at this point. So like, I just need to know from you, did you just decide to be chaotic in the last couple hours of 2021 or what was it? This is why I decided. Yeah. Yeah, this is why I decided. I'm calling on the Thought Warriors right now. I've decided that it's time for us to take the next level in podcasting. It's time for us to grow the audience of the Thought Warrior Nation. And I hadn't posted that clip. That's a good clip to get people talking. This is what I want people to do. Everybody who is listening to my voice right now, how many people that listen to the podcast? I don't know if we got 30,000 listening. I don't know if we got 40,000 listening. I don't we know don't if we got 50,000 listening. <laughs> I don't know how many. You don't know that. What are you talking about? People no, I said we don't know. I said uh, we, you're right. I like oh, have no idea how many. I'm agreeing with you. We have we have no idea how many people are listening. Hundred, hundred fifty. What I'm saying is, if you're listening, go join the Reddit group. I need the Reddit group. The Reddit group is a, as about three thousand people. Even if you don't participate, I need the Reddit group at ten thousand people. I need what's going on on higher learning. I need all of our socials going up. Hit the follow button. Trudy, tell them where our socials are. We are higher underscore learning on Twitter and higher learning one word on Instagram. Yes. Like, subscribe, do all of that stuff. It's time for us to go up a little bit. The, the podcast has a fantastic audience, but it's time for us to grow even more. So I was looking at that. I'm like, let me put something to get people. Let me follow on Reddit. Let, let me let me go. Let me put something to get people a little spiced up. Get people spiced up. You know what I mean? spiced up no you shouldn't follow the reddit i don't follow what? it either because oh. it's like when like when I, I i used to be a lot more active on there but then they were right it's really more for them than it is for us oh do yeah. you write in it though i write it i post every now and again but like but i don't I, following it the reddit is for the fans okay okay i, I don't want to lord well, over I'll, the reddit okay okay keep, keep an eye on the reddit post on the reddit they would love to have you on the reddit by the way they love you um so I said, hey, post this, post this Trudy clip. We never posted it. I never posted it. Post a Trudy clip. And Trudy, your true colors once again were exposed. People uh, p- people saw you for who you are. So how do you a feel real about nigga? that? Like, I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm literally just saying what everyone's thinking. Like, I honestly didn't think they gave it the term half-fishing, but that's really what it is. It's half-fishing. But I do want to say, I really don't got, I don't want no smoke with with men who are bald. Like, I really don't got a problem with you. It's just that those men that need to let the hairline go, like, that is who I'm talking to. But, you know, everybody in my DMs, and I got in your comments on Instagram a little bit. Um, she did. I I'm reading now. I fight. <laughs> Stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. They got the right one at all times, always. Trudy, Trudy said, Trud, hashtag Trudy Tribe, check in. I, <laughs> I didn't. If it makes you feel any better, Trudy, I didn't like the post. Okay, boom. <laughs> Trudy, 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 Trudy. I said what I said, and if anybody got a problem, they can refer to Real Housewives of Atlanta when Portia said, bye, Ashy. That's how I feel to all y'all. Bye, Ashy. Wait a okay. minute. All right. Someone has exposed themselves, and that would be in the comments. 
And that is Walter Gino McLaughlin. Remember yeah. when Walter when Vance said that his hairline skipped school? Now yeah. I can put a name to the face. That's my man. Look Gino, Gino underscore 1911. He's Omega. He's a Kappa. <laughs> Cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, leave it. What year is Omega? 1918? 1918? Wow. Whoa. No, it's 1911. It is 1911. Is it? I have no clue. They your brothers. It's been too long. Yeah, they your brother. Look, it's not a big deal. All them dates get jumbled together. 06, 08. 1911, the, 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 <laughs> like all them dates, you throw them dates out, like wear a shirt with a date on it. Like, yo, this was the year, 1906. I, I can tell you one thing. I'm happy that 1906 was a good year for the alphas. It wasn't a good year for niggas. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> oh, it was 1911. I know I'm not crazy. Okay, it's 1911. So, so the sigmas and the kappas are the, uh, the sigmas. The, the Qs and the kappas are the same yeah. year. Okay. I know I'm not crazy. All right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. And you're right. No it wasn't a good year for black folks. <laughs> Just all of those years were not. Now, look, I will say the seven mystic years between slavery, during Reconstruction, the seven mystic years were pretty good. But then after that, that new wave of white supremacy came back and goddamn, go read about the seven mystic years that actually, when we actually started to gain a little economic and political power, but then people were like, oh no, and then they came And they ran us out. out. They ran us out of those cities, yep. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. And that's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Um, want to talk about two people that we lost. Uh, Trudy, we'll come back to you Monday on Trudy's Corner. Look, you guys, uh, some of you like the Trudy's Corner stuff. Some of you don't like the Trudy's Corner stuff. I, I, I happen to love it, and so does Rachel. So yeah. give us not only mailbag questions... But send your questions in for Trudy, okay? Relationship questions for Trudy. You can ask, ladies, ask Trudy questions about, we're going to Trudy's group chat. It's a new segment. Ask Trudy questions about the landscape right now. We're out of practice. We don't know. Ask Trudy questions about the landscape right now. We'll get to that on Monday. But send the questions in to either the Reddit, or to uh, the Instagram. All right. We lost two people um, that were very important for much, much different reasons. Obviously, we start with Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who passed away. Uh, can't overstate the importance of Desmond Tutu. Uh, Desmond Tutu, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, one of the main individuals who helped spearhead the fight against uh, South African apartheid, has passed away at age 90. A life so well lived. Um, a Nobel Peace Prize winner um, just went across racial lines to really call attention to one of the biggest misjustices in the history of our civilized world or our uncivilized world, which was South African apartheid. His Obviously, it's a huge loss that Bishop Tutu, um, he leaves a, a great legacy. But when you talk about, I, I know that he's gone and that's very sad, but what a well-lived life. Right. What a mark made. What an absolutely fierce and loving individual. You know what? I was a kid 
and I was watching a Michael Jackson video. I can't remember. That's which it. One. Nope. It's yeah, Man yeah, in the Mirror. That's yeah. how I first knew who he was. Yeah. Yeah. I was a kid and I was watching a Michael Jackson video. And I remember, uh, and, you know, we've had our discussions about Mike, but I just get it's chills okay. thinking we can about them. We can talk the, about this, though. I have chills thinking about the Man in the Mirror video. My mom just mm-hmm. loved the video. It was so. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, yo, who is that man? Mm hmm. And my mom was like, oh, that's Desmond Tutu. But why did he stand out to you? Do you remember why? Because uh, he was black and he had a, like a, what was it? Like a, he's praying and he's yeah. crying. Yeah. And I remember as a kid saying who, and his, his, that image is multiplied in the background. Mm-hmm. And it was like, who is this man? What is, what is so heavy on his heart that he is praying and he's crying? As a kid, it resonated mm-hmm. with me because it's a big focus in the, and, and then the song is just, you know, powerful right. in itself. Um, and Michael Jackson's not even in the video. Uh, he's not in the video anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Not in the video. Purposely, uh, yeah. Yeah, so a, lot, a lot of moving images have like the, remember the little girl that got stuck in the well? Do you remember that? You weren't around for that. Wait, for the pipe, in the pipe? The well or the pipe? Like she went down the little thing. The, yeah, it was, but it was a well. It yeah. was a well. It wasn't a well. It, it wasn't, wasn't a well. well. It wasn't a well. I, I know exactly. And yes, that is isn't it. Because remember that that man that man uh, committed suicide later. He couldn't handle all that. Um, came the guy with who that. got her out of the pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, can anyway. you find that? What was that? Wait, I just want to clarify. I think her uh, name was Baby Jessica. That's exactly what it was. Uh, like I think it was Baby Jessica, the rescue of Jessica McClure. It wasn't a well. It was a it was a well or a pipe. Okay. They definitely said well, but yeah. it was like, it was like, <laughs> no, but man, it wasn't like a well, like you saw the girl come out of the ring. Well, it was like a small, it was tiny, right? Am I make? am I making this up? It was a fucking okay. well. It wasn't a, it, was. it wasn't a big ass well because they had a hard time going down there. It wasn't like somebody could just rope themselves and climb down there. Nah, it, it wasn't was a big like deal. that. I remember the, the whole nation People were praying and all of that stuff. Everybody was united. There was no Twitter. We could, you just feel the kinetic energy. People would come home and be like, yo, have they got the baby out of the well yet? And it's like, no, it's like, oh my God, we pray. What? An eight inch diameter well. Do you see now why I didn't think it was a well? You're, you're going you're you're going to the well one too many times here i'm just it, saying it thing. was so, that was that that's what was such a big deal she was trapped in it and it was yeah. hard to get her right she right. was there for over a day i think yeah she was there um so but back to the Arch, archbishop of tutu uh just an amazing an amazing an amazing man i want everybody to take a little time to go find out uh about the life of desmond tutu because uh african apartheid is among the most evil things that have happened. You know, obviously American apartheid is evil in its own right. And, uh, you know, we, we see it here and, and there's a lot of hypocrisy in our country. And uh, the fact that we divested, a lot of people wanted to divest from what was going on in Africa. At the same time, they kicking niggas in the ass. It's, it's just, it's, it's different. But uh, what a fantastic life. And I was saddened that Desmond Tutu uh, was gone, but I was also happy about a life well lived. And not even in the same realm of importance, but another death that I have to be honest was moving to me was the death of John Madden, which it, which was uh, announced, what was it, a couple of days ago. Um, now, in no way does John Madden equate to what Desmond, uh, Desmond Tutu was able to do. 
No way. One of the guys changed the world. The other the guy, another one of the guys entertained us. But it still was very, very, very moving for me to think about John Madden, who was like a gigantic football fun machine. Didn't even seem like a real person. Was at the top of his craft, not only in coaching, but then in broadcasting. But uh, didn't even seem like something capable of death. To know that John Madden is gone, it was just, it just, it, it hit me. John Madden is a big, big, big part of my life. Gigantic part of my life. Yeah, man. Like, there's this professor, uh, his name is Andrew McGregor, who said that the creation of the Madden video game was not a great development for the U.S. It further glamorized violence and dehumanized black athletes, helping to establish a plantation cosplay that has grown worse in the era of fantasy football. Okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. I know that we live in an era where when someone dies, it's time to get the takes off. You know? Uh, it's time to get the takes off. Somebody's dead. Let me make my point about why this person shouldn't be revered, why we shouldn't eulogize them, whatever. I understand that. I'm not even going to bemoan that. This is just all wrong. You know? <laughs> uh, it, I understand that football is a problematic sport for myriad reasons. Sure. I could make the argument that. As far as wholesome black male bonding, that Madden itself, the creation of that video game, is one of the most important tools that we've had. Like staying in the house, not being out, like talking. You know how many important conversations I've had with my bros over a game of Madden? the third game of Madden, like how much you learn about each other, you're sitting there, you're talking, you're kicking it, you're doing that, how many friendships I've made, how many friendships I've made, not just, I've made friends from other parts of the world by playing Madden online. Sure. You know what I mean? So obviously a video game can't be that important in the grand scheme of things, but I don't know why we have to go out of our way to demonize everything. Football in and of itself has all kinds of problems. We understand it. In my opinion, Madden is the most sanitized and safe way to play football because nobody's getting their hair crushed in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no one is getting their hair crushed in. So uh, I thought that that opinion, while eloquently stated, was ill-timed and a bunch of fucking bullshit. I don't then take away the eloquently stated because that's not how I felt when I saw it. It was like, Okay, nobody asked for this tweet. Nobody asked for this opinion. At first, I thought, you know, I'm not a gamer. Um, I've always been heavily annoyed when I dated someone who was a huge gamer. I mean, hearing Mm -hmm. you talk about the the connection and all of that, I understand it. But to date a gamer, if you're not a gamer, is really hard. Uh, But, just my opinion. So I thought maybe I'm missing something. So I tried to research it. Like, is this a thought that's out there that I just don't know about? And it's not. So then I was like, okay, video games in themselves can be dehumanizing. That's not just particular to John Madden. Mm -hmm. I was just like, nobody asked for this. And this is one of those things where people are trying so hard to be liberal or to show how down they are that they take it to a level where it becomes problematic. I'm reminded of if you're currently watching the Sex and the City reboot and just like that, we're watching it happen right now to the character Miranda. She's trying so hard to prove that she's liberal and she's down that she ends up saying things that actually hurt the cause or are problematic in nature. 
That's what I felt like about this tweet. It it gives the other side a reason to make fun of people who are who have liberal opinions. I don't even know if that's what I would consider this or who are trying to say something that exists in regards to racism or to a culture. Because that because when I looked at the looked this up, it was all the other side saying, see, and this is people taking it too far. And it is an example of people taking it too far. Right. This was just too much. And this hurts the cause rather than help or bring awareness. So I didn't think it was eloquent when I saw it. I thought it was extremely problematic. Well, it's it's eloquently stated in the way that, you know, in the actual way that it's stated, but your point is well taken. I think this is people angling for, uh, you know, invitations to that mythical barbecue. I want to tell you guys something about the barbecue. (laughs) It's trying too hard. I want to let y'all know something. There is a kid's table at the barbecue. (laughs) I just want to let y'all know something. There's a kid's table at the barbecue. So, like, even if you come to the barbecue, because I'm sure this guy has some, some good Black Lives Matter tweets that I'm probably into. I'm sure he has some amazing tweets on uh, systemic racism, redlining, because I've looked at some of his stuff. I'm sure he has some good. So I'm not saying it, but there's a kid's table. There's a table where, yeah, man, come on in, but go sit your ass down somewhere. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. We playing Madden. We playing Madden is what well, we doing at the barbecue. At the barbecue, I want people to know this. I want, I want Andrew McGregor to know this. At the barbecue that you want to come to, we playing Madden. Van, he plays Madden. People yeah. were digging up his old tweets where he was tweeting about playing Madden. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's, prob- it's like, but you were playing it. If this was yeah. so these things, why do you have Madden? Why do right. you play it? And then to tweet about it. You were really into it too. Yeah. See? By the way, he probably he trashed. Can, I've, been running the, I've been running the same offense since 03. Can I ask you this? I've been running the same offense. Let me tell you something. I go in there right now. I pick the Saints. Hard to play with them now. Don't have a quarterback, so sometimes I play with the Bengals. I go to I go with the West Coast heavy offense. I set my audibles. Put me in the I form near. I got my Texas play for short yardage. I got a deep shot over the middle. I got a zone beater. I got a three high safety beater. I got a I got a I got verticals sometimes with guys like to play too many safeties high. I know what you in. I know what you in. I can see what you in. I got all kinds of situations. I get a little jiggy with my backs, get a little rotation. Sometimes I got a pass catching back in. Sometimes I got a power back. I like to press it a little bit. I'm a trap runner. I like to let my 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 tight end come across, grab somebody at the end, hit that hole, pop it with Camara. I got my, you know what? Fine, whatever. That's cool. You know what? I, that, that's fine. That's why you don't like it. This is the kind of talk I like. I got blitz beaters. I, I got all is, kinds of stop, stuff. Stop. Stop. This is the only question I will ask you about Madden because when I was reading up on all this with with John Madden. I didn't realize it was built. I thought it was always more of a form of entertainment, which obviously it is, but I didn't realize that the purpose of it too was to teach people about the game of football and to understand certain techniques and how intricate the sport really is. Do you get that from that? Because then I was like, well, maybe I want to, I want to learn more about football. So is this a good, is a good tool for me? Can I do that without playing? Cause I don't know. You can. And the real thing is of course there's some video game. There's some stuff that's just video game stuff that's going to happen in a Madden game. Like some people are going to be really good on the stick. So if you see them, they're just, their dexterity is so amazing that they're going to be able to juke you or get you out. But then there's some things to where it's man on man to just scheme based. Like there's some things that like, there are certain defenses, there are certain personnel groupings. There are certain things on there that the game is going to be hard to win if you don't know what you're doing. 
can't you cheat? Aren't there like cheat codes? Wasn't that a thing? Or was that a different game? I really was that cheat NBA? Codes. Was that NBA 2K? There are, gl- there are glitches. <laughs> there, the game will glitch. There are ways you can take a pair, take uh, advantage of the game glitching. Not really cheat codes. Like nobody's going to put a code in. You know? I mean, it's, it's like, come on, man. Respect what? yourself. I, what? Respect I don't, the game. what? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Andrew, relax. Like Andrew, relax. Relax, Andrew. Yeah, just don't speak again unless you're called on to speak because th- that was too damn. much. It was yeah, too much. It was too much. Let's take a break. Joe Rogan is back in the political arena. <laughs> Woo! That's what we needed. Joe Rogan. Woo! Host of a very popular podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it called The Joe Rogan Experience. And it's, uh, it's here on Spotify. It's one of our co workers, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Um, He's talking about politics again. Remember, Joe Rogan is a Bernie supporter. Uh, also, not really. He's in the right of sphere. You know, he's Joe Did Rogan. That is change? Uh, Did that, has that changed recently? I mean, if he was Bernie, is it like once Bernie didn't get he's he's definitely anti Joe Biden. We know that. Doesn't fuck with Biden that much. Doesn't at all. So that's why I'm asking. Did he step into that? realm since biden or has he always been that way i don't know i don't listen to him regularly i don't know i know that he he couldn't bring himself to say that he was really a huge trump supporter and he didn't like joe biden so it seemed as if bernie was his guy for for a couple of default but okay yeah yeah but you know joe rogan has his own politics he has his own view on things so you know whatever um he's talking now about michelle obama he says that michelle obama could beat donald trump in the 2024 uh, presidential ticket. He says she's intelligent. She's articulate. Yeah, she's definitely intelligent, articulate. She fucking went to Harvard. So yeah, you know. Let's take a break for a second. Like, hold on. <laughs> not not an actual break in the podcast, but a real break. Just on the real, on some real shit. Not trying to be nitpicky about it. Like, we don't need you to tell us that. Ladies that went to Harvard, black ladies that went to Harvard are intelligent and articulate. He said it twice in his statement. Twice, I'm not, repeated. I'm not even trying to be that guy. I, I swear to God, I'm not. Well, I am, because that was the first question I had for you with this topic. I'm not trying What'd to be that guy. What'd you think about that statement? I, yeah, she's intelligent. She's articulate. Yeah, she fucking went to Harvard. You know, we're, we're intelligent. We're articulate. You know, you know what I mean? I just like... He's okay. talking about her like she's an, anom- an anomaly, like she should get it because she's actually a black person that's smart. That's how I felt when I read that. And it's like she doesn't stand alone in that. Right. She doesn't say it was almost like he was like, she's just so exceptional because she's a black woman and she's smart. She can actually articulate the things that she's saying. I didn't like it. And he kept emphasizing that. He said it multiple that, did times. He, did, did he, he didn't emphasize the fact that she was a black woman, though, did he? No, but you're speaking about her as a black. Well, later on, oh. he says she and uh, Kamala should should uh, team up and have double diversity. So he was speaking of her in that way because she's a black woman. Huh. Um. Uh. Yes, best president that we've had in our lifetime in terms of a representative of intelligent, articulate people. She could win the podcaster said of Michelle Obama. It's the only thing that would get in the way. Uh, would be if she brought in some of the policies that are destroying businesses in America that are making people scared. We're talking about mandates and things of that nature. Your question, question to you, forgetting, forgetting about the sort of improper way that this was framed um, from a language standpoint, which is, you know, just an annoyance to me. Do you believe that he's right? Could a Michelle Obama-led ticket win in 2024? 
Well, he said she could win if she doesn't do the mandates and doesn't get crazy, crazy with COVID policy. So right. she can win if she minds, like stays in her place is kind of what he said. And I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to even entertain it because Michelle Obama has said multiple times she has no interest in running for office. She had a front row seat to it for eight years and still came out of it. And it was like, uh-uh, that's not me. She's not Hillary. She doesn't want to do it. She wants no parts of it. But I what what I find interesting is like when he says she'll be great if she does this. The reason people like Michelle Obama for office and think she'd be great is because she hasn't done anything that's considered disruptive. She hasn't done anything that's problematic. She's walked a straight line. Let her step into office and let her be a black woman asserting her power and watch how quickly they turn on her. Because history has shown us that when black women step up and assert their power, it is not well received, especially by white audiences, particularly the men. So she's great now because she's never shown herself in that way. Let her doing it, do it. They'll find her a problem with her. They'll try to destroy her. And Michelle Obama knows that. And that's why she is sitting happy doing her thing in Chicago and, and, and being a coworker with us on Spotify podcast. So this is all coworker talk. <laughs> Rogan coworker, Michelle Obama coworker. This is all coworker talk. Uh, I think. It's very interesting that it keeps getting floated when she has said that she's not interested in it. Because we have she, no options. Because we don't have well, options. Well, I also think there's something else. I think there's something to be said about how the agency of black women is actually viewed in American circles. Black women are seen a lot of times as a thing of need. When you need a black woman, she will magically appear to be what you need her to be. Doesn't matter what she wants to do. Doesn't matter what goals and dreams she set for herself. When one is needed, one will be there to provide America what America needs. Okay, doesn't matter what she said. All right, there are black ladies out there who would quite frankly want to be the president. Would Stacey Abrams want to be the president? Sure. She's talked about having all types of different offices. Are we talking about Stacey Abrams, a black lady that actually wants to do it? No, we're talking about a black lady who says she likes her life just the way it is right now. You know, so, you know, you talk about it. Doesn't matter what you want. Matters what we need you to be. Now, I don't know if that's something that's ingrained or something that's like kind of, uh, you know, just a part of the American psyche. But the reality is, Give our ladies a chance to do what they want to do. Michelle Obama has said she doesn't want to be the president. Would I like her to be the president? Yeah, be great. You know what I mean? Be great. But she says she doesn't want to do it. Let it go. You know, let it go. This is Rogan doing his opinion thing. He's entitled to that. Do I think he's right? Probably. I don't know if Kamala Harris signs up for four years of vice president with Michelle Obama because that means you never get a shot at the big at the big seat if that happens. But yeah, yeah he's probably right. But stop bringing her up. She doesn't want to do it. Now if she changes her mind. We could talk about it. If there are any reports, reports out of the Obama camp is Michelle wants to. Then that changes. But right now, just let black women define themselves. Yeah. We don't need to. Yeah, come on, man. Biden says he's going to run again. She's not going to run against Biden. Biden can't wait. I'm on fire about that. 
Uh, but she will never go. I I cannot see her. Let me tell you something. In the primary. Let me tell you something right now. If there's one thing that I am super excited about more than anything, it's more President Biden. God damn. I'd run through a wall for that guy. Stop. Okay. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> What's next is Jelaine Maxwell. But before we get to Jelaine Maxwell, who's been found guilty of certain things. We have a very special guest that we're going to talk to right now. We're going to talk to Cerise Castle, who is a fantastic reporter, a journalist who covers LAPD here, the LAPD here, uh, and the goings-on around the LAPD here in Southern California. And she's going to tell us about a very disturbing rash of killings, officer-involved shootings that the LAPD has been involved in, and also going to tell us a little bit about some of the gang activity that goes on inside of the L.A. Sheriff's Office. It's a very, very tense situation in Los Angeles right now, and it's suffice to say that the police are not responding very well to it. So uh, we're going to get to Cerise, and then we're going to talk about Jelaine Maxwell after we're done with her. So we're going to take a break and get back to it. All right, so unfortunately, um, the LAPD uh, law enforcement period in Los Angeles is in a particularly violent spell right now. Um, there have been a couple of tragedies that have happened over the course of the last couple of weeks to a month. Uh, one I'm sure you guys have definitely heard about, which was a shooting, a terrible, horrific shooting uh, by the LAPD inside of a Burlington coat, coat factory out in the valley. Um, and there's been more. There's a lot of stuff going on. We have somebody joining us today who, in my opinion, does the best reporting on law enforcement, law enforcement misconduct, gangs inside of the L.A. Sheriff's Department uh, of anyone. Her name is Cerise Castle, and she joins us today on Higher Learning. First of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, and thank you so much for that high praise coming from you, such an esteemed journalist yourself. I I really appreciate that. Thank you, Van. Thank you very much. Uh, And I'm glad to know that you have such a high opinion of TMZ. Um, <laughs> uh, so I guess what I'll ask you is a lot of our listeners are not from the Los Angeles area, so they might not might not have heard of what's happened here with a couple of incidents um, in these last couple of weeks. Why don't you tell them exactly what's going on? So over the past week, we have seen a series of shootings by the Los Angeles Police Department, and those shootings have resulted in the deaths of five people. Um, I have been able to identify three of the five. There's Arsendio Oliver Jr., Margarita Lopez, Brandon Cormalinga, and one person who the LAPD has not released any information on, and another person that they haven't even acknowledged yet that they are responsible for the killing. But of course, probably the killing that's getting the most attention is the shooting that happened at the Burlington Coat Factory. Essentially, what happened was um, an officer by the name of William Dorsey Jones Jr. arrived on the scene um, last out of a group of officers that were responding to calls of a man with a bike lock going around the store and hitting objects. Um, Jones, although he arrived last on the scene, decided that he wanted to be the first one to 
enter the store and essentially goes in body cam rolling um, gun drawn. It appears to be a weapon that may be personal. It doesn't appear to be something that's standard issue from the station. And he enters the store and pushes the other officers that have made a tactical plan and are planning to um, apprehend the uh, man that is later killed um, with less lethal weapons. He pushes them out of the way. And as they're telling him to slow down and hold up, he runs ahead of them by several feet and fires at the man who had the bike lock killing him. One of those rounds passed through the wall that was behind him and hit the 14-year-old girl, Valentina Oriana Peralta, killing her. She died in her mother's arms. Mm. What has happened to Officer Jones since this killing? So Officer Jones, you know, before this incident, he actually maintained a pretty prolific um, presence on social media. He maintained at least four different social media accounts, um, both tied to himself as a police officer, tied to youth sports coaching that he does, a nonprofit that he has, and interestingly enough, a fitness training business um, he started called use of force training. Um, he was on a leave of absence from January of last year through February of this year. And in that time off, he was arguing with Twitter activists online. He was defending um, fatal, other fatal shootings by police officers. And he was actually advocating for racist voting ID laws. Um, he recently came back to his post at the North Hollywood station in the Los Angeles Police Department. And he was called to respond on this day. Um, since that, he's been put on paid administrative leave. And that is where he will remain for the foreseeable future. He earns about $173,000 a year and he will continue Jeez. to cash those paychecks as he is on leave for this killing. Now I'm asking this question because I think it's important to ask the question. Just so our listeners know, Officer Jones is black, is he not? He is a black guy, yes. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. He said on his Twitter, he tweeted, I am a black man. I am the father of a black son. Um, he was, uh, and while saying that, he also would repeatedly um, parrot, you know, thin blue line language and say that, you know, I support um, blue lives, blue lives matter and all that type of stuff. I think it's important to say that because I think it's important to identify the cultural problem that we're talking about. The The cultural problem that we're talking about as it relates to law enforcement, it, of course, manifests itself in race uh, uh, all the time. But specifically to me, it's a blue problem. Uh, mostly when we're dealing with law enforcement, there's a culture that exists inside of the law enforcement, in my opinion, that can radicalize or militarize the guys such as Officer Dorsey, that Officer Jones, shall I say, that makes them think that they have to go and, like his business says, use force uh, in a situation like the Burlington Coat Factory shooting. Uh, now, as it relates to sort of the overall climate in the LAPD right now, how do you feel like the police response, the police department's response has been to this rash of incidents? Atrocious. I mean, this is the United States. Extrajudicial killings are still very much illegal. 
everyone in this country is entitled to a fair and speedy trial. Um, you know, being a suspect of crime does not give the police carte blanche to, you know, murder people. That's not how we are supposed to process justice in this country. I guess this is why I'm confused, because I feel like the LAPD has been bragging or touting about all these reforms and and change that they have made to the department, such as de-escalation techniques and training, such as like community programs that were built to build a better relationship between the community, the people and the police force. And I feel like things are worse I know they're worse. I saw the statistics. They're worse in regards to police shootings this year than they have been the last couple of years. So what happened to all that? Is this all just talk or are they really trying to put things in place to make the people have trust and faith in the police department again? One interesting thing about the community policing program in Los Angeles is really the whole story of how it came about. The community policing program in Los Angeles is the product of a civil lawsuit that was filed by a family that was living in public housing projects here in LA County. And they were harassed so badly by police that they were forced to take legal action. And when I say harassed, I mean brutally beaten, detained for no reasons, thrown up against the wall and searched without cause, stuff that we see and hear about in our community every day. And this family decided to do something. And they won that lawsuit. Well, they didn't win. They settled that lawsuit. And a part of that settlement was the creation of the Community Policing Task Force. What that really means is that it was an excuse for LAPD to hire, you know, hundreds more officers and send them in to communities that already have, you know, fraught relationships with police and have been subjected to police abuse for generations. Now they're just sending more in. They're not really given, you know, any special training. They're just sort of, you know, rolled in there by the hundreds to continue to harass people. These community policing programs are given these like nice shiny names, but at the end of the day, it's really just more of what we have been seeing for generations. Uh, There's been a lot of talk, not just here in the city, but nationwide really, about the state of crime in LA. You've heard people say it's the purge in LA. There's, you know, been some high profile rappers uh draco the ruler uh, was killed at a festival uh i think it was last week maybe a couple of weeks ago and everyone's talking about how bad la is right now do you think that there's any correlation to police response to some of the things that we've seen here recently and to i guess the sense that la is more of a dangerous place meaning just continuing to sort of parrot that nat narrative uh, make police hyper vigilant in their responses to crimes? So, crime actually increased every year from 2014 to 2018, and the LAPD budgets increased every single one of those years by $82 million. And crime mm. continued to rise. Um, but the LAPD weren't saying back then, hey, we overfunded the police, and that's why crime increased 30%. No, in 2020, you know, crime was lower than 2019. And that was also the year that LAPD had their proposed budget decreased by 150 million. And, you know, they weren't really talking about that. 
um, today, the media and for the most part, and LAPD are blaming defunding the police as to why crime is so high, why it's rising. But when you look at crime, you know, historically, we're living in one of the lowest times of crime in Los Angeles from a historical perspective. Yes, crime is up, but you also have to look at the fact that we are entering, you know, this is going to be the third year of a pandemic. People are losing their jobs. People aren't working like they used to. People are sick. And when people don't have money, yes, you do see property crime go up. Unfortunately, the government doesn't want to pay us to stay at home and isolate. People are forced to, you know, do things. But again, you have to remember, contextually, this is still the lowest point that we've seen instances like this in 20 years. Do you think that the national attention that's being taught, like in regards to this 14 year old child that was in that was innocent and killed in a in a shopping st a store in, in Burbank do you think that that national attention is going to put pressure on LAPD where they actually might have to start being about the change that they talk about well i certainly hope it does you know like i mentioned at the top you know valentina was one of several people that were killed by LAPD this week in those other five incidents where people died, we still don't know the names of the officers. We still don't have body camera footage. We still don't, and the LAPD still hasn't even acknowledged that one took place. And this is routine, you know, and it's not just LAPD that's doing this. The sheriff's department shot somebody yesterday and we still don't know her name. I don't know what her condition is. I'm a journalist, I've been calling and I can't find anything out. This is routine out here in Los Angeles, unfortunately. And if I can, I just want to say something quickly about Draco being killed at a festival. I mean, first of all, may he rest in peace. Um, Draco was an incredibly influential person and, you know, he made an impact on my life. But let's just say something about the fact that he was killed while he was at work at a festival that was being, you know, under police surveillance. This was police were providing security. How is someone able to bring a weapon into an event? that is supposed to be under police control. And this is in the wake of the tragedy at the Astroworld concert. You would think that the police department would be on their mind, really minding their P's and Q's and making sure nothing happened. But, and yet they stood by and let a black man be murdered. Mm, mm. Insanely good point. Um, so, I want to hit on one thing, and then before you go, I do want to I'll ask you a, 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 an update on and make sure people know where they can go to get information on uh, the gangs inside of the sheriff's department, which is chilling, just a chilling idea and thought. Um, the family of Valentina has spoken out. Uh, it was very emotional. There was a press conference, I believe, Tuesday morning. It was very emotional, obviously. Um, it's hard to watch. What specifically are they asking the LAPD for right now? And is there any news of a lawsuit? What is the family doing? How is the family seeking uh, to gain some sort of closure from this? The family has made repeated calls for all evidence to be preserved. Um, you know, I'm sure your listeners know all about the police have this tendency to make things disappear when it makes them look bad. And I think, you know, that's incredibly important in this instance. You know, we did see some of the closed circuit TV footage released, but 
again, it was very edited. We don't have that raw footage available at this time. And that needs to be turned over to the family. They're asking for, you know, transparency in the investigations that are going on at the level of the Los Angeles Police Department, as well as the state level. The California Department of Justice is looking into this, and they want to make sure that there is complete transparency in that investigation. Uh, and Valentina's father said a quote that really resonated with me at the end of his speech yesterday. Um, he said in Spanish, you know, justice for my daughter is all these criminals out, top to bottom. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm hmm. Mm. OK, this is my last question to piggybacking off of what Van said. What has been the response from the top, the police? What has been the response from local politicians in the area in regards to not just this killing, but also the, the other five that have happened? Because people are looking for answers, which I will say, too, I feel like this is why they don't tell us names and identify because we don't then we're not connected to who's been shot and who's been killed. And and then we disassociate from it. And so then we move on. So, I, I, you know, it personalizes it when you know who it is, the age, what they do and their relation to the community. OK, that's just my little soapbox. But but if you can say what what is, what has been the response from police and from local politicians? Definitely. Well, the police um, have yet to release this officer's name. I was able to identify him just through old fashioned reporting um, and able to locate his social media, um, which he has since worked very hard to delete. Um, we've had words from a few local politicians, um, the count city councilman that oversees the district where the shooting incident took place, uh, did not comment for several days. Instead, the city councilman for the area tweeted out um, a Christmas card and the city attorney made a remark about rainbows, um, but it took them, it took, they only made a comment after I called their offices and asked for comment. Mm. Um, and also, I want to note that um, I called, asked for comment, posted a picture of the city councilman posing with the officer that killed, that fired those lethal shots, and then he put out a statement. Okay, um, so we're going to stay on top of this uh, and make sure that we are keeping Valentina's memory alive, and that the people who are responsible for all of these killings um, are brought to bear for them. We're going to make sure our listeners are engaged. Before we go, though, I want to want you to touch on a little bit of. Some of your really amazing reporting that you've done on gangs inside of the L.A. Sheriff's Department, let people know where they can go and read some of this amazing stuff and about what that is and what the situation with that uh, actually how it actually exists here in Los Angeles County. Definitely. And thanks for bringing it up. Yes, here in Los Angeles County, we have had a gang problem inside of our sheriff's department for the past 50 years. I was able to identify 18 different gangs within the Jesus. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Yes. And many of them are still active today. Um, several candidates for sheriffs, because we do have an election coming up in Los Angeles in 2022. Several candidates for sheriffs are actually affiliated with many of these gangs. Several are reported members of these gangs. And I have written in depth about all of this stuff, all of those candidates. You can read it all over at knock.la. Please make sure you check it out, especially if you live and vote in L.A. County. This is quite literally um, life-saving information. Mm, amazing. Cerise Castle, thank you for joining us on Higher Learning today. Is it okay if we come back to you on this stuff every now and again and get you back on the podcast? This was really amazing. I would love that. Thank you so much for having yes. me. No and problem. be safe, Cerise. I know what, like, you are doing some serious work out there, yeah. and I know that it can be scary at times. So thank you for what you do. 
Oh, Seriously. thank you. It's my pleasure. When y'all want to have me back to talk about the police surveillance that I've experienced, I'm ready for that too. I knew it. I knew <laughs> yeah. it. Oh no, they, they, no, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, we definitely will, and we're gonna keep you protected and covered. So, thank you, sister, for joining us today. Thank you. Yes. All right. Okay. So, Jelaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's cohort in all this weird, disgusting sexual abuse stuff has been found guilty on five of six counts related to her role with Epstein's sexual abuse of minor girls between the uh, years of 1994 and 2004. She is 60 years old. She faces up to 65 years in prison. Now, we haven't really talked about this. We haven't really discussed this. Do you feel like we should have talked about the Jelaine Maxwell no, case? No. All I wanted to know was what was going to happen with that verdict. You know, right. I just, I mean, it, it's, no, I, I didn't think it was just something that we really needed to cover in detail. Honestly, I didn't think that there was going to be, I thought she was going to be found guilty. I didn't realize that it was going to be a possibility that she couldn't be. So to me, I never really, I'm not really even paying attention to it. So let me ask you this. Now comes the time where people start to wonder. Mm-hmm. She's, she's been found guilty. Are there any more dominoes that are going to fall here in the Maxwell Epstein situation? Are you at all looking at people who she might implicate or bring with her? I guess I would have thought that would have already happened, right? It's been a long time for this trial to actually come to fruition, to take place. Now there's a verdict. To me, if she was going to make some sort of deal with the prosecution, then I think that those names would have already come out or we would have heard that she, you know, she's talking and pretty soon they're going to continue on with this investigation and other, you know, people are going to be implicated. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think she's just taking her secrets with her. I I mean, again, I'm saying this and I don't even know. I don't even know if she testified at trial. I have no idea. Let me ask you this. Uh, Epstein when he was actually found guilty and then brought to jail, he ended up committing suicide. Suicide in quotes. Do you think that Maxwell will survive her incarceration being that there are possibilities that she knows a lot of stuff about a lot of very powerful people? But see, I well, one, I have no idea if she, if that if she's gonna suffer the same fate that that Epstein did. But I really believe that if she was going to name people, she's already been found guilty. She's about to be sentenced. I mean, unless unless she does it now to lessen her sentence, I feel like if she's gonna make a deal to start naming people, she already would. There's no point in her naming people at this point when she's already been sentenced to whatever or will be sentenced to whatever it is that amount of time that she'll spend in jail probably for the re- for the remainder of her life i just don't see it i just don't see it happening because had when jeffrey when it happened to jeffrey wasn't he awaiting trial no okay i don't think so i think that he had been found guilty and was going to inquire maybe maybe like, he did, was. i feel like he still had more maybe on that charge he was but i feel like there was more coming because he had been, but maybe not. He, 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 let's let's look that up. Donnie, give us that. 
was Jeffrey Epstein awaiting trial or had he been uh, had he well, already been? an hour ago, prosecutors dropped the case against Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein's um, jail guards. Oh, so Jeffrey Epstein was awaiting trial. So you see why? So like that makes sense why I could see what yeah. happened to him happen. That's not the case with her. So you think she's got a nice long life of incarceration to look for? It's a wrap to. for her. Mm, mm, mm. It's what, a wrap. Oh, I'm looking at the high profile people that Epstein was friends with. Donald Trump, Leslie Wexner. Alan uh, Dershowitz was implicated. Bill Clinton. Apparently. Uh, Prince Andrew, Duke of York. It's such a disgusting goddamn situation. Such a disgusting situation with all of it. Well, whatever. All right. Uh, did you see the, there's a real world reunion? Real world season two. Were you, you a fan this? of real world? Were you, did you it. was it ever your show? Okay. Okay. Loved I used it. to Loved watch it. it. Not in the beginning, but you know. Loved it. Uh, everybody looks really different. That's well, the first thing. Like it's, it's been 30 years. Everybody looks really different so they're in their 50s they're in their 50s so they look a lot different i'm in my 40s so i'm not hating on anyone but everybody looks really different tammy roman if you guys did not know this the first time we knew who tammy roman was was because tammy roman was an original cast member on the real world season two she was in the singing group she mm-hmm. was doing her whole thing. I remember her and David Edwards got into an argument. Uh, David, not an argument. David Edwards had pulled a towel off of her when she was like, whatever. And yeah, there was a whole thing. That. In Real World Season 2, David Edwards, they were horse playing or whatever, and he was pulling the towel off of her when she was in like her underwear. And then they kicked him out of the house. Like they kicked, <laughs> they kicked him out of the house. <laughs> Everybody's been I wasn't true. watching it then. Yeah, that was a ooh, it was a scandal. Everybody and back then, a lot of people were on David's side, saying that what? they were just playing. What? I'm, t- I'm telling you, a lot of people were on David's side back then. Anyway, um, so what? There are clips. I want to play these clips real quick. <laughs> okay. Different clips of what it's like for Tammy Roman. Who you guys know now from the Real Housewives? No, from Basketball Wives. Excuse me, from Basketball Wives. Tammy Roman, who you guys know now from Basketball Wives, to be in. <laughs> I, I wish we had the the video that we could show everybody because her face as she's smoking the cigarette <laughs> is just priceless. Three different incidents. Three different incidents with her old housemates that Tammy Roman was in. This is her and John Brennan. If you guys remember, John Brennan was the country cowboy, the the country singer that was on the show, who is now, I guess, in Alabama, and he's some kind of pastor. Um, And this is what he had to say about some of the kids that that he works with that apparently uh, means he's not a racist. Check it out. I live in the South, y'all. I live in Alabama. Do you know who's in my house right now? Young black colored people that I minister to and I'm a father figure to. Well, please don't ever call them black colored people. Well, they don't mind. They call themselves words that I don't repeat. (laughs) I didn't even see that clip. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Good grief. Okay. I didn't even okay. see that one. All right, all right. This is the racial, this is the racial gauntlet she went through. All right. It's not just it's, it's not just John, though. It's Irene Barrera. Irene Barrera Kearns also has some things to say to Tammy. Donnie, roll it. I have no idea what it is to be a okay? Well, I, I, I can't. Do not ever say that. <laughs> you don't say to me. Because <laughs> you do not think. <laughs> obviously that bleep was the n-word and that was T- tammy with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth all right that's not the last one it's okay this is <laughs> glenn nasons who also was on the show who they brought in after they kicked dave out okay he wanted to try to get through to tammy as well and check out what Glenn said to her. The first time I really felt what you're what you're passionate about was when I was with my friend John, and I went to a pizza place, right? And they called him a. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't say it. That. That's what he was called. But you don't say they it. They called him that. They but called I, me that. But I just think that you shouldn't. They called him that. I'm, I'm saying that you can say he was called the, the N-word. He they called, called him that. You shouldn't feel They called me that when they called him that. They weren't calling you that. They called him they that. They weren't calling He's you my that. friend. And you, you don't understand oh You don't understand what I'm saying to you, that the word should not come out so white-ass mouth. They called him that. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I got to be honest with you, man. <laughs> I got to keep it real. Those are three of the funniest clips I've ever done. It's funny because of Tammy's reaction. Tammy is so exasperated. She can't believe what's going on. She is physically smoking a cigarette to try to calm her nerves. David Dennis had an amazing tweet about this. I'm not going to read it. Wait, was he one of the people... Involved? No, he's a he's a a journalist. Oh, okay. Uh, is a great journalist. He says, um, I think people are starting to realize that the central component of the real world, reality shows in general, are putting black people in traumatically racist situation and filming its impact on them. Do you agree or disagree with that? Having been on maybe the most popular reality show in the world, I'm gonna put it like this. I have been trying to get a project off the ground for almost a year that deals with being black on reality TV and the impact that that has on the contestants and the way that audiences perceive us through certain stereotypes that we're forced into or certain situations. When I tell you nobody wants to take on this project because nobody wants to admit that they do things to put us in situations just like the clips that you heard. Nobody wants to touch it. Mm. And and I'm not and it's not just my experience, it's other black reality stars that I have talked to across the board on various networks, various production companies and no one wants to touch it because nobody wants to admit that this is true. Nobody wants to put it out there in one place. There have been articles written about it. There have been um like in 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 
newspapers, magazines. There have been published articles in journals, but nobody wants to put it on film. We'll sidebar. I'll sidebar with a uh, Six Feet Productions later about yeah. this. Okay, talk about it. I'd but love to do it. I, I'm saying that to say yes. This I absolutely believe what Davis David Dennis Jr. is saying, and it is true. And on my show, did I personally necessarily get put in that? No. But what I learned afterwards is that the black men on my season were being antagonized by a white country singer from Mississippi who had never been around black people and kept saying certain things to them to get a rise out of them. But I was so separated from that. I didn't realize what was going on until I watched it later. So my, the men from my season were absolutely put in that type of situation. I'm going to ask you a straight up direct question. Mm -hmm. Based upon your experience, mm -hmm. batch nature, batch nature, based upon your experience, Batch Nation in The Bachelor is reality TV a racist cesspool? Yeah, and in in the well, maybe not as blatant. It's not always as blatant as what you're watching in these clips with the with the real world. But what they do is they put us into boxes by playing certain stereotypes that are racist. They want to show us in certain ways, whether you're a Sambo, whether you're a Mammy, whether you're a Jezebel, whether you're like the Bible thumping preach go, you know, and you can go back to a, to Flavor Flav, to a I Love New York. You can see all these different boxes that they place us in because they feel like that's all that we can be. And that's the only way that we're going to be entertaining to white audiences and sometimes to our own audiences as well. So yes, in that form, I absolutely think it's racist. Which one did they put you in? Which category of those? I was angry black ends? female. I was angry black female. But that's an extra one because you didn't have that. You said what? So you, it's an extra category. Let's be honest with you. Oh, so you said, no, no. That what is, the ones you said? I, you said I didn't, Sambo? I didn't name, there's like nine categories. I can't name them off the, off the top of my head. But Well, let's I, just stick to the four that you named. But I'm an angry black Sambo. female. I was angry so black that's female. that's yours. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you were going to call yourself one I, of those. I, was, I absolutely got put in as the angry black female. For sure. So you're angry. Right. It was so, fine when I was angry towards a black man. They loved it. They praised me when I was. But when I was angry towards ooh, a white man, it became she's a she's a bitch. She's we're seeing the real Rachel. She's awful. Oh, but when I yeah. told this dude to get the fuck out, everyone was like, "Yeah." I told this oh, dude. Oh, that's so they want they want you to fight you, yeah. but they don't want you to fight them. And nobody got it until 2020 it was like Rachel's always complaining she's always talking about it but then you know when everybody woke up in 2020 and they stayed there they really didn't bring it into 2021 then people start to understand what I was saying right so you're seeing it right now because it, it was interesting to see Tammy back in this situation because a lot it. of the reality <laughs> the rea a lot of the reality TV that she's done I love Tammy. Uh, <laughs> it's been Devoid of this kind of dynamic because it's been her with a whole bunch of sisters. Mm -hmm. But now that she's back with them, she's kind of seeing. Where can well, I find this? Favorite. I got to go back. It's on I, I, I bet it's on Paramount Plus. <laughs> roll, roll the sound again just one more time. Which one? Let's, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> White people, y'all got to hold on for a second, man. Hold on for a second. White people. Y'all have got to chill, man. I, I don't know. I, I swear. This the, the, Tammy is all of us in these clips. 
She is all of us. Well, I tell you, but I swear to y'all, y'all got to chill. Y'all got to chill, man. Run the clip of Glenn. Wait, and can I just say too, you cannot say, I'm talking to white people again. You cannot say, well, they do it so you can too. Please stop saying that. Well, they call themselves that and worse. That does not give you an invitation to partake in that. Please stop. I I have to have those conversations at TMZ. I'd be like, yo, it don't matter what the rapper said. You don't ever quote that. Don't ever say that ever. Like, you don't quote that. I have to have those conversations at TMZ. People at TMZ, higher people, let some N-words fly, and I have to be like, "Uh uh-uh, fuck no. Don't ever, 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 I don't care what he said in that video, you don't repeat that. Not around me, unless I would have gone out like I went out way before. Like, like, once again, though, play play the Glenn sound. Play the. I want you to play the. Play the Glenn sound. This one, because look how. Listen to how. Listen to how sincere Glenn is. Play the Glenn. The first sound. time oh I God. really felt what you're what you're passionate about was when I was with my friend John, and I went to a pizza place, right? <laughs> and they called him a. The music. The music doesn't help. Y'all gotta chill. I'm just asking, can y'all chill? That clip, you can see, first of all, the music is amazing, but you can see (laughs) that she's like counting to five before she responds. She held her composure so well and he kept pushing her buttons and pushing her buttons. It's crazy to me how he felt he could speak on, and this happens a lot, he could speak on the situation better than she could as a black woman. Come on, y'all, just stop. When, they, when black wow. people are trying to tell you how it is, listen. That's very simple. That's very simple. Just listen. Don't argue with us. I'm going to keep it gangster. I'm going to watch them clips like five, ten more times. <laughs> I'm not going to play them no more. I'm not going to play them no more. But wait, <laughs> there's a black man sitting there on the couch. Why is David he, Edwards. Why is he silent? David Edwards. Remember, David Edwards, maybe he's letting Tammy fight her own battles. Uh, her battles. David Edwards is the guy who got kicked out of the oh, show. Oh, he's the one who pulled like, the towel. Who pulled the towel back in the day. And then he went on to come back to the Real World Road Rules Challenge. He spit in Puck's face. Or no, Puck spit in his face. Puck <laughs> I spit do in his remember face. that one. Remember, Puck spit in his face and David turned around. It's so funny. Him and Puck were going back and forth. Puck spit in David's face and David goes, disqualification. <laughs> Dis- <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes, disqualified, disqualified. And then they 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 came and they got Puck off the boat. Also, oh, Tammy cusses him out in the next episode. Why she cuss him out? And her, and her husband, husband pulls, pulls up to fight. Guess that that page just went real quick. Real, real I mean, quick. by the way, they got me. They got me. I wasn't watching this shit. I'm about Paramount Plus. Is it on Paramount Plus, Donnie? Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. I watched it today. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. It's on Paramount Plus. I gotta see. I gotta this see. Sucks. <laughs> nuts. Nuts. Okay, okay. Let's get the mail back. Let's get the mail back. Mail back time. 
Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right, from uh, Puffs and Candles, what did you learn about yourself this year? Oh. I feel like I haven't uh, thought about that yet. Um, um, yeah. Hmm. Can we have a different question for a second? Can we? Yeah, <laughs> we, let's yeah. come back to it. All right. Renee underscore nay, N-A-Y-Y. Do you do New Year's resolutions? If so, what is slash are yours? So I don't do the whole, I'm going to, you know, hit a certain target weight or, you know, work out or whatever. I don't do all that anymore because it's, it never happens. So I've started to have words for as a theme for my year. And I'm big on meditation and yoga. So I, so it's part of my intention that I set for myself. So in 2021, it was better. And that applied to every aspect of my life. And in 2022, it's invest. And I just don't mean financially, but that is a part of what I want to do. I just more so mean investing in myself because I feel like I've been challenged a lot um, this year, maybe professionally in ways that I didn't think that I was going to be. And I don't mean that in a positive way. And so I want to invest back in myself. Uh, So, yeah. I have got to lose the pandemic weight. And I'm (laughs) not not even. No, no, seriously. I'm not even taking. I'm not even taking like the whole year by my birthday which is april 16th this is four months of hell we get we getting at it baby we getting at it you should come where i am right now it's kind of like what you did when you were in hawaii it's a wellness like i'm off the grid i'm actually surprised i have signal right now um and they part of what they do are the meal plans and the certain calories and how you eat. And it's like workouts every single hour, all different kinds. You should come for like a week. Try yeah, it out. I'll do it. Yeah. Maybe I don't need them though. Maybe I don't need their help. Maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe maybe they can get off me. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they can jump back. <laughs> <laughs> no reason for me to be that way. Keep going. <laughs> Next question. That Tammy, the Tammy Roman in you. Tammy, Tammy got me. <laughs> Tammy got me jammed up. Hold on for a second. Before we get to this, play John Brennan real quick. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> play, play John Brennan real quick. Play John Brennan. Play it. Play it, Donnie. I gotta, I gotta hear him talk about the colored kids that he mentors to. <laughs> Who says that now? <laughs> Tommy, How play, do you play, not play, think that that's play, not okay? Play John Brennan. Play it. I live in the South, y'all. I live in Alabama. Do you know who's in my house right now? Young black colored people that I minister to and I'm a father figure to. Well, please don't ever call them black colored people. <laughs> well, they don't mind. That's they call me. themselves words that I don't repeat. See what I'm saying? <laughs> can, 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 can Thought Warriors from Alabama please let me like DM B Van, the page, whatever. I'm very serious when I ask this. I have heard in the last couple of years that several people in Alabama still say colored. I want to know if that's really a thing. Because just to hear him saying again, like, is that, 
it's never acceptable, but is that really a thing in Alabama where you constantly refer to black folks as colored? Let me know. Let us know. Let us know so I'm we'll serious. know to I've, I've... smack the fucking fire out of you. Because I'm not even, you know what? Whatever. Uh, next, <laughs> next question. Next question. Hurry up. From meow underscore it's underscore AL. Favorite moment slash memory with higher learning this year? Um, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> really? Freddy Krueger was funny, man. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Okay. Uh, Fred, I, I, was, I wasn't expecting that. I was going to do something a whole lot worse than that. I just want you mm-hmm. to know. And it didn't work out. And I'm not right. going to tell you just in case I decide to do it again. Okay. Just know. I'm not going to tell just, you. Just just know. Just know that it's like, just know that I have anxiety. So just be careful with that. So uh, uh, mine is mm-hmm. you winning the Oscar. Because oh, there mm-hmm. was, it, it, it was a progression. You so anybody who listens to the podcast that whole month of April, you kept pl- like talking about it wasn't a big deal. Like you were proud of what you did. You were excited about it to be nominated. You didn't think you'd be nominated. Then you got nominated. And then you were just like, yeah, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not going to cry or whatever. And then you got it. And yeah. I just, I mean, like all of us here on Higher Learning Thought Wars, we were just so proud of you. So like that... That was a big moment, and I'm happy we got to one celebrate in person with you, but then two also on the podcast. Isn't it amazing that both of our moments was something that the other person did? Mm, that, that, yes. That's, that's look nice. at us. That's nice. <laughs> look, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. I said for mailbag. I'm not feeling any more of these questions. That's it. I don't want, yeah, I'm not, that's it for mailbag. I'm not feeling any more of these questions. Let's wrap the podcast. Do you have an unexpected ally of the year? Oh my gosh. Of the year? What? We're doing our year end show, a, a recap of 2020 show, 2021 show uh, on, on Monday. It'll be out Tuesday. But can you think of an unexpected ally of the year? Of the year? No. But maybe I will by Monday. Mm. I'll think about it about Monday. Yeah, Monday, we're going to have a, some categories. That's tough. Yeah. So do you have one for the week? Nah. Nah. No expected <laughs> ally of the week for the Jews. But I actually do have one. John Brennan from the real <laughs> no, world. No, we're not doing that. No, I'm serious. He, that. I'm, I, he ministers to the colored kids we're not in doing his that. community. I, like, I, he, 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 the little nigglets in his community. I love the word The little nigglets. shines. The little spooks. <laughs> he ministers to all the Negro kind. In his community. John Brennan, you are the one. I always knew that motherfucker had some problems. He was cool on the first show, but I always knew something was off about John. All the black colored. <laughs> who would say, are they fucking with her on, before I leave, are they fucking with her on purpose? Is that what you were saying earlier? Are they, do, are they doing that on purpose? Is production de- telling them? I definitely think that they were. They sat them down and were like, 2020 has been a big year. So much has happened since the last time. Let's talk about the things that you've learned. I guarantee right. you that was it. Now, did they know that the, that they were going to say all that? Absolutely not. But it's almost like I can see I, it's something's going to happen. Take the caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. And I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year.